I want by the end of this year, I want to know if I've got a superstar, a solid everyday starter, or a guy that you know maybe isn't gonna isn't gonna actually pan out. everyone and welcome back to Broadway and Clark, a St. Louis-based podcast where we talk about St. Louis Cardinals baseball and Major League Baseball in general. I'm joined, as I always am, by my co-host Duncan. My name's Mark. We are uh, coming to you after the first full week of Spring training had a couple of had a couple of grapefruit league games this weekend. Got to see some of um, you know some of our stars and our prospects. Get some live BP in against other teams, and we got to see some crazy baseball, which I have a couple of comments on. But Duncan, you're going to lead us off today. You've got an idea. Um, about a couple things we probably want to talk about. So I'm going to throw it right to you. How are you doing today? Doing well, doing well. Uh, like you mentioned, getting some some actual games going on, less uh, less of just uh, you know BP bullpen sessions stuff like that. You're seeing actual baseball being played, which is exciting. Uh, against some other teams and things like that. So uh, being able to actually see some. Some interesting stuff, seeing how players stack up and those kind of things. It's really nice to uh, be able to watch that again and sit at home um, waiting for all of that to come back to Bush um, and actually be able to go to a couple games. So just getting really uh, excited for the season. You know, we've had some nicer weather here in St. Louis. We're getting having some time outside. We're planning here at our, at our place a nice big garden this year, my wife. Uh, Kate's really into gardening, and we got a, a big garden food forest sort of thing that we're planning out here on the farm. So we are geared up and getting ready for spring. So doing well over here. How about uh, how about yourself? Before I hop into all, all the the nuts and bolts here. Uh yeah, everything's going great. Thanks for asking. Just uh, you know, as you well know, we got a couple of birthdays for the grandkids coming up. I'm really looking forward to those. Uh, the oldest granddaughter sold Girl Scout cookies this year, so uh, let's just say I contributed a little bit to that. And then <laughs> I made sure they were all um, edible, and I can uh, happily report that they, in fact, are very edible. Got to keep everybody safe. And I. Yep, I kept doing that. So, um, so that's how I've spent a little bit of time the last week or so. Other than that, just paying attention to early spring training. Uh, I did see a double play turned with only uh, with no runners on base. That was an interesting thing that you don't see every day in the MLB. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you heard about it or saw it, Duncan, but I guess it was in Saturday's game. Uh, for whatever reason, the uh, 
scoreboard was not being updated properly. It was so jacked up. And at one point it was, I think the sixth inning and they hadn't in the, 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 the scoreboard was only through like, I think the fourth or the third. And I guess in this particular instance, the outs weren't correct. So I think it was the shortstop could have been the third base. One of the Marlins, whoever it was, didn't, wasn't a hundred percent certain on the number of outs. So he feels the ball turns fires to second. And for whatever reason, somebody was covering. So I guess that infielder didn't know how many outs there were either. And then turned and still got the guy at first. So, uh, not one of the fleetest Cardinals, obviously. Maybe that dude was freaked <laughs> out. He's like, what is this? Is this a new defense I don't know about? Does the ball get there faster if we relay it from one guy to the next? I don't think that's true. But anyway, uh, the announcers had a good chuckle, and then they were struggling with names and getting everything right, and they were a little screwed up by the scoreboard. So they're like, yeah, everybody's in spring training. So <laughs> it was that early part of spring where everybody's got a shot still and there's no, you know, the pressure of the new season starting in a few days hasn't come yet. The weather's beautiful. You know, it was everything. So yeah, uh, it was kind of a fitting way for the season, I think, to kick off. Yeah, uh, I, I saw it uh, one of the other games too. Uh, you know, it's a, a classic, you know, announcer jab in the in spring training or kind of a line that they always give. You know, everyone's in spring training mode. And, you know, I saw an umpire ring up a guy on strike two, and they made that kind of a joke with umpires are in spring training. To you know, it's it's just that classic uh, classic stuff. Early spring, everyone's getting their bearings and figuring out. Um, their routines and everything and getting back in the swing of things. So it's just funny. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are you thinking? What do you got going? Yeah. So um, let's talk about a couple of spring training things that we've seen so far. Uh, I've just been taking some notes on little sights and sounds and uh, clips I've seen here and there. Of course, the, the couple games or a few games that we've had so far, uh, since Saturday when everything kicked off as far as spring training games went, uh, leading off with a split split squad game uh, on Saturday. Um, a couple things before that, uh, some interesting stuff from BPs. Um, Lars Newbar hit a car with the home run. That was pretty exciting. Um, never ceases to amaze me, you know, people parking essentially in like a parking lot right across from the outfield fence. I would never do that, uh, but it just never ceases to amaze me. <laughs> but you, so I guess it's not that likely, but that's pretty fun. Newt gets to hit a car with a with a homer, so I'm sure he got to tell all of his friends uh, about that afterwards. Um, one of the the bullpen sessions actually was a live BP. Uh, Riley O'Brien, one of the new bullpen guys that we got from Seattle, uh, was looking really filthy in the live BP he had. It was. Um, Facing Brendan Donovan, he faced Luke and Baker and and Dylan Carlson. Of course, a, a couple of those guys, not uh, I guess you'd call like first team guys. Uh, Dylan Carlson being like our fourth outfielder. Luke and ba- Luke and Baker being, uh, you know, our I guess I would call him almost like a four A player. Um, 
but uh, you know his he looked really really good in those live BPs. Had a great uh, great sweeper. I know that's one of his big pitches. Um, you know with the the couple lefties that he was facing. So Donnie and then Dylan Carlson batting lefty. He had that sweeper going um, down and in on those lefties and looked really really good diving under their hands. Um, Did and I then, hear he was hitting yeah. three digits? Oh, I don't know. I didn't see any numbers. I was just uh, watching a clip of it. I th- I thought I saw something, maybe not a hundred, but I thought he was like high nineties, and it might have been with, with one up. of his off off uh, speed pitch, or not necessarily off speed, but one of his breaking pitches. Hey, that'll play out of the pen. Crazy. I'm down for that. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I was looking really good against lefties, which I was impressed to see um, with yeah. that sweeper, and then also. Against Luke and Baker, I guess something to to watch for, and maybe the way that he approaches and attacks guys, you know, in the season when he pitches, um, was going up and in on Luke and Baker with a fastball, and then that sweeper down and away, just getting him off balance after kind of backing him off the plate so he doesn't dive out over it. So I'm it was really really textbook pitching, and when he has a, a that sweeper that's as nasty as he has, that could be a really really good weapon for us. Um, out of the pen during the season so um, that was exciting for me to see um, you know and they had Ollie was out there Descalzo and uh, Gersh all out there watching O'Brien throw so clearly somebody they're watching closely um, and think can have some kind of impact um, or they think has the potential to do so uh, during the year so something to watch for there um, he came he came over from Seattle right yep from Seattle and I Remind me, or I don't even know if you know this, but I wonder how much he's pitched in the bigs. Yeah, I'd have to look it up and see. I, I mean, definitely not one of any kind of mainstay out of the uh, the Seattle pen last year. That's for sure. Um, he did it. have, let's see, nothing last year. Um, so I don't know if he was hurt. I'd have to I'd have to read into it a little bit, but he had. Um, one game apiece in 2022 and 2021. So not a whole lot of time in the majors at all. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Let's see. Okay, uh, he did pitch I in the minors, 51 that, games. Uh, I thought I saw, oh, was it yesterday? I guess it was yesterday. Yesterday we had the 3-0 shutout of, um, was that the Mets? or No, that was also the Marlins, wasn't it? Um, oh, we play the Red Sox tomorrow. Oh, no, it was the Astros. That's who it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Drew Rom started that game, didn't he? Let he did. Look. He did, yeah. Yeah, he went two innings, didn't give up a hit, one walk, one strikeout. I was a little surprised to see him start a, start a game. Well, is there any thought of him being a, uh, you know, a, a spot starter or even a... Actually, now that you say that, I mean, probably less of a fifth or like a swing man, but I mean, I guess they probably want to just see see him in live action against batters and stuff in these spring training games. I'm assuming they're going to have him start in AAA and then injuries, you know, two-week stretch where you need to call up a, a pitcher, you know, that... The, the shuttle, uh, the 55 shuttle up to St. Louis or something like that. He could be a guy that's just back and forth throughout the season. 
um, is kind of my guess because I don't necessarily see him being a five because Mats will be there as long, provided that he's healthy. Um, and then you've got Libertor and Zach Thompson as the kind of swing men uh, that you would kind of categorize them in, in that category and back and forth from the pen to spot starting and stuff. So I feel like they'd be a choice before Rom. But I guess just kind of taking a look at him in case they want to call him up from AAA, does that make sense to you, or what do you think? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously in spring you got two games on some days. You're only yeah. going to throw guys, especially these first couple weeks, are only going to throw two innings, you know, maybe – Maybe if a guy's looking really fresh, you you know you bring him out for a third inning. Uh, Rom only faced uh, one batter over the minimum. He faced seven batters. Oh, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, how different is it than a side session? Well, it's live right. ball players. They're wearing different uniform. I mean, there's a lot of factors there, uh, but it's. You know, I'll chalk that up to first, you know, first games of the year and see where we go from there. I mean, every, you know, the I guess the Astros just didn't forgot to put their hitting shoes on yesterday because nobody was getting to any of our guys. Um, we made quick work of them. So and they were the home team. Like so we that. had to get through a ninth. Uh, yeah, but you know, like Tink Hens had two innings, Thomas had two innings, you know, so it was everybody was getting some. Well, that's a uh, one interesting thing I just thought about as you were kind of going through that and everything, too. Uh, a point that I have heard from another pod that we listened to that I think is a really good point, uh, when you look at spring training and stuff, just to, as a kind of a caveat to things. Um, and I think this is probably more so with your established guys that are just kind of getting ready for the season versus guys that are fighting for spots and um, that are trying to make the squad or um, maybe they're going to start in the minors anyway, but they're trying to kind of show something uh, in spring training to kind of get catch somebody's eye. Um, but, yeah, for those established guys, you know, something I've heard before is just that you know, you, you have to take these stats from spring training with a grain of salt. There's some spring trainings or some games or some some different parts of spring training even, uh, if it's not the entire time, where, you know, some batters or pitchers or something are working on particular things, even during games. Um, you know, maybe I think there was a spring where Joey Votto, like, didn't swing at all, something like that. And so it's like... You're not going to look at his spring training stats and be like, "Oh, he's going to have an awful season." It's like he intentionally well, is going well, up there just to the look guy at pitches. You want to highlight is the most level-headed, normal person that ever played. <laughs> right, Appreciate. right. Did, did you see him on social media with a cardinal hat on and got no, everybody all freaked out? That's oh, hilarious. Oh yeah, he did. A, he had a little hit on. You know, I don't know if it was Instagram or what it was. But I guess he said, and I, don't, I forget even what the context of it was, but he was on for some reason. And, but he was in a cardinal hat. So a lot of eyes, a lot of eyebrows being raised, a lot of cardinal fans saying, <laughs> sign him for his 20 homers, you know. And it was kind of that's funny. That's funny. I like but, that. Uh, you know, you're 100% right. I mean, that's what spring is for, is getting ready for the season. 
And so you don't care what Goldie does. You don't care what Nato does. You know, Nato wants to just, you know, make sure his glove's right, make sure, you know, he feels good over at third, you know, all the stuff he, whatever he does to get himself ready, it's obviously been very successful. Right. Uh, just as a quick aside, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to I'm take us off the path just for a quick second, if you don't mind. Take us there. I, I want a scenic route. <laughs> I appreciate it. Today I was uh, looking at, Oh, I was reading about Brandon Crawford, which I know we're going to talk about soon. But I uh, I clicked on a most gold gloves, one of those quizzes, you know, where you got to type in the names. Yeah. And I uh, there were 23 of them. Uh, and I think it went from uh, the guy who's got the most in Major League history as 18. Do you know who that is? I'm going to tell you, it's know. a little before your time, so it's okay that you don't know this. But Is it, it like was, way before my time? No, I, I want to guess. Before. I want to guess. He actually pitched while you were alive, but you were pretty I got to guess. I got to oh, guess. Go, go ahead. Maddox. You got it. 100% right. And number two, yeah, that's uh, – what do they do on the one pod snaps or whatever? But number two <laughs> is uh, Jim Cott, which I always know him because he Ooh. had a cup of coffee with the Cardinals at the end of his career. And I used to think he was a, kind of a weird dude, but he he's one of the all-time greats in the MLB. Jim Cott, if you ever want to yeah. go down a rabbit hole, do look him up a little, look his career up. But I think he go. had 16. Uh, Maddox had 18, most That's ever. impressive. And then uh, the position player with the most ever, um, which won't surprise you, was Brooks Robinson. But the reason it was exciting to go through it um, was that there were three Cardinals on the list. And uh, one of them we just mentioned a moment ago, that's Nato. He's got 10, and that's the most ever for a Cardinal uh, but obviously he didn't get all those with St. Louis. So right. the Cardinals with the most, I guess there's two that are tied. Uh, one is, of course, you won't be surprised, Yadier, who finished his career with nine and arguably could have had another two or three, but that's a whole nother conversation. He, you know, assume he got one he didn't deserve on his reputation, then there's probably at least two or three more he should have gotten before he was, you know, the king of the game. And then when, you know, people were in love with, uh, with our boy out in, uh, uh, you know, Buster Posey out in San Francisco, um, which I think there might've been a year or two when he stole didn't steal, but he got awarded the gold glove that probably should have went to Yachty. Sometimes it goes to the best offensive player at the position as well. Usually not a catcher, but sometimes. But anyway, and then the third one was a guy who, when I saw he was a St. Louis pitcher, I'm like, really? Is he also that? And of course, Gibby had nine gold gloves. So not only did he hit more homers than just about any pitcher that ever played the sport, 
not only did he have 45 shutouts and, you know, his, uh, I, I, every time I go on to, you know, X or anywhere, I see just ridiculous amounts of information about how great this guy, I mean, it's, they're mind boggling stats. You can't, unless you were there. And even if you were, it still is hard to, hard to really, you know, wrap your head around. Um, but on top of all that, he was a great fielder. He was a great athlete. I mean, he played for Globe Trotters. Probably could have played in the NBA if he really wanted to. Um, and of course, you know, we know all the things he did as a major league pitcher, Hall of Famer. So I just wanted to bring that up. But uh, back to spring, and I don't have any stories about Bob Gibson in spring training, but I'm sure he was just as surly to the opposition in spring as he was oh, yeah. during the regular season. He's uh, not pulling any punches. What, what's that? said so he's not pulling any punches in spring. No way. No He'll way. He'll knock you down. He's throwing, he's throwing inside in the mid-90s, you know, probably It'll in his second you down. start. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like if you're going to try to get a spot on that team, you better earn it. I'm going to make you earn it. <laughs> oh my gosh. What it I mean, that does make me want to get some get look up some stuff. But uh anyway, yeah, I just wanted to mention that. <laughs> so, great history on the Birds for uh defense as we all know. And uh and if if it's not too crazy of a transition, unless there was something else in particular you wanted to talk about, maybe we should talk about the move that the Cardinals made today to potentially, uh, you know, shore up or get some emergency help uh, for defense. Yeah, I say the only other couple quick points that I'd want to mention just about spring training stuff, and this will kind of lead into. Yeah, that move and everything take too. A um, couple other guys uh, that I kind of have noticed uh, going through it and everything. Um, really, guys to watch for and everything. Yvonne Herrera has been raking this spring. Had a homer off Sonny Gray uh, in a live BP. Of course, it's yeah. a live BP. It's not a game, that kind of thing. But, I mean, it's putting good swings on the ball. Uh, clearly, <clears throat> mm-hmm. it looks like he's looking for something to prove, ready for the bigs. I mean, he just he looks like he's a player. He's ready to roll. So I would not be shocked to see him playing in a decent number of games and will be a really solid backup. And I could see uh, Contreras being DH more games than we initially thought just to keep Herrera's bat in the lineup if he's going to keep hitting like this. Now, I don't know if it's just a guy who's really hot in spring, um, and this is not his, you know, going to be his average for out, throughout the year, uh, or if this is kind of, he's made some changes, and this is kind of where he's going to be throughout the year. So that'll be interesting to watch, but certainly looks really solid right now. Um, and then the other guy I did want to mention, and this will kind of lead into that newest signing for us, uh, is Thomas Ajayzi. Um one of the guys that we got from the Jordan Montgomery deal uh, and Chris Stratton deal to Texas um, or from Texas, sending those guys to Texas. Uh, but watching him hit, I mean, that's that's been his tool um, that everyone's kind of talking up and everything. Uh, you can just tell watching him and the way that he swings the bat, whether it's in BP or in the game or wherever, 
Um, he's got he's got such quick hands. You know, there's guys with really long long swings, uh, that kind of a thing that just have a lot of power. And I'm sure he'll run into a few uh, here and there. But just he's got the bat to ball skills. You can just tell really really quick hands to get to basically anything. Um, I think that's going to be really, really fun for any times. And I, I think he will get some looks at some point throughout the season. Likely, maybe we'll start in AAA. Uh, but I definitely would not be shocked at all to see him get some get some time here or there, maybe through some injuries uh, from other guys throughout the season. There's, we're bound to run into something at some point. Um, so I'm really excited to see what he can do when he comes up. Um, it'd be nice to, to have some some good average bat to ball skills sort of guys. We got some good OBP guys uh, to get on base with Lars and Donnie. They got great eyes uh, up there and everything. Uh, but Sajazi with kind of that, gosh, this would be, this is a bad comparison. I don't want to throw this on him because he's not the same kind of player, but that with that, like Luis arise approach of just like, I'm going to get the bat to the ball, put it in play and let's see what happens. I mean, He's going to hit a decent amount of doubles and stuff, too. So I'm really excited to watch what he can do and maybe down the stretch uh, if he can be kind of a, a secret weapon for us if he, he gets hot or something like that towards the playoff time if we need someone to step in or off the bench or something like that. So uh, I know they were looking at getting him some reps at shortstop and stuff. They were you know seeing about that as an option um, if – Mason Wynn struggles or gets hurt or something uh, needing to have a backup at shortstop um, or if Tommy's not going to be ready for opening day, uh, that sort of a thing. So they were getting him some reps there, but uh, that kind of, that question's kind of been answered now uh, with the news this afternoon. Uh, You want to run us through that? Uh, No, I real quick on Herrera. uh, I'm so excited to see what he's able to do this year. I mean, this is the year. And I think guys know that. I think they just know, you know, with Wilson, I mean, we've got, what, two more years after this year or three? And so he's going to be, you know, as long as he maintains his offensive skill set, he's going to be our guy. But, um you know, Herrera can definitely be a 1A type catcher. Or if he's so good that we that you can't keep him off the field, then, you know, uh, what does he bring in return? You know, what do we do? Is there, a, is there a move at the trade deadline that brings us, you know, the kind of pitching it's going to take in the playoffs or something like that? And yeah. Uh, Herrera is the centerpiece of that deal. Now, you know, all those things are a long way from now to happen, but it all starts here. And I love, I mean, I always want to hear about guys doing well in spring, not guys that can't buy a hit for two, you know, sometimes you'll be three weeks, you know, be three weeks and guys, you know, 0 for 20, 0 for 25, and he's scuffling and everybody's, you know, it's, it doesn't matter that much because the games don't count, but you know, we're all human and ball players are, you know, susceptible to crisis crises of confidence and, you know, it just sucks to be in a slump. So 
Mason Wynn. Uh, obviously, I think Nato's had a couple of knocks already. Uh, we got to get Tommy back. That's a big deal. But um, and he hasn't even been, uh, you know, released yet to swing. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I've if, seen him take some grounders and stuff, but yeah, I haven't watched. I haven't seen anything for batting yet. So, no, should be interesting. Have, I mean, it's a wrist, so you know, you're going to yeah. break your wrist yeah. every time you every time you swing the bat. So, you know, it's it it's got to be strong enough. And, you know, who knows, maybe they'll give them, you know, they'll let them swing lightly or, you know, what? I mean, I'm sure there's sure. a regimen that they go through to get them to where they need them to be. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and so, you know, Segezi, that's kind of the future. But, hey, I'm always willing to look at what the future's got coming. Uh, we're a little, I think we are a little spoiled, but... Almost every year, we've got a couple of prospects in camp. It's not very often that we don't have guys that we're trying to project their major league careers that we expect to be starting those soon. And, you know, this year's no different. I mean, I guess you could say we all knew about Mason Wynn. We've known about him, you know, for the last 18 months or two years. We knew he was probably going to be our future. And uh, but, you know, this year, Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, uh, we've talked about our guys on and on, and I'm still very much excited about all of them. And so that's great. But as we know, uh, in his short debut, his short cameo at the end of the year, uh, the year which we will not name, uh, (laughs) Mason Wynn did not acquit himself offensively very well at all, right? He he flashed the leather a little bit, showed his arm, showed his range, uh, looked pretty comfortable in the field, but, but just didn't hit anything. You know, I think he finished like a buck set less than a buck 75 or right around there with, you know, I think it was under 500 OP. I mean, just just unacceptable offensive numbers. Uh, but, you know, I still say, you know, shortstop should be the position you can live with the least offense at. Now, I know it's the modern game isn't really played that way. We really want, you know, we want to make it a beer league softball kind of situation. But, uh, you know, even, even if that fad, which – kind of was has been in fashion for the last decade or so even if that really kind of reverts back to form you still want as much offense out of every every position as you can get i mean everybody does but i'm willing to let mason win make a lot of mistakes at the bat to get him acclimated to get him comfortable and to figure out you know, are we looking at the next Derek Jeter here? And that's a lot of that's a lot of pressure to put on a young guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. But that's what we talked about at the end of last year when he was called up and everything too. And we said, get him these at bats now to get you know f- know what it's like getting on the plane and day to day stuff in the bigs and get his feet wet. Uh, you know, with the one ear flap and everything in the bigs and just like see what it's like 
And then come opening day, now you don't have to do all of that. He's already seen Bigling pitching day after day after day. He can adjust to that now in the offseason and be ready to go this year. And and he's done that at every single level. If you look back at his stats at every level, he struggled at the beginning. And Nolan Gorman did the same thing. Took him a little bit to acclimate to each level. And then when he gets to the bigs, same thing. And then he adjusts. And he you know, proves that he's a hitter at that level. So I, I have faith that he'll be able to do it. I know there's a lot of chatter about, oh, you know, we need to, like, why are we relying on Mason Wynn? Why do we have any trust that he's going to do it? He can't hit, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you're basing all this off of 60 games, not even. It's like, if he, if a guy, if you based anything off a 60-game sample for a player in the MLB, you're you're not doing a good job of properly evaluating a person. Yeah, you got guys anyone that, that, be that don't belong in the bigs <laughs> that you'd have in the Hall of Fame, and you got Hall of Famers that you know you yeah, would say yeah. were, were bums. So yeah, just, exactly can't, can't go by that. But that's why I mean, pencil them in. I think the Cardinals are committed to this. It's not like we're asking them to do something that we're not pretty clear they're already planning to do. They're going to pencil him in. The only question is, is he, you know, further up or further down the lineup? And, you know, I will, I'll I'll give, you know, generous that I am, I will give Ali the, the, you know, respect to make that decision. And, you know, I mean, I'll be watching it like every other fan, what I don't want to have happen is, you know, we get to the middle of August. Uh, the Cardinals are, you know, fighting it out with the Cubs and the Reds for the division. And, you know, people are making noise about, well, just, you know, Wins had a good first year. Uh, he's probably tired. Let him sit. No, no. I want him in there and every high leverage situation. I want by the end of this year, I want to know if I've got a superstar, a solid everyday starter, or a guy that, you know, maybe isn't gonna isn't gonna actually pan out. I mean, I'm I, I, I even hate to say the third thing because I'm as superstitious as every any ball player out there. And I don't want to jinx the guy. <clears throat> but he definitely needs, in my mind, to have every opportunity to fail and fail and fail again because the raw tools exist. They've been displayed. Like you said, at every level, even if he struggled in the beginning, he ultimately – and it, this hadn't been going on that long, right? He's, not, he's, he's a baby still. And so you put all those things together and we haven't, you know, if you think about it in the last, what, let's just say this century, who has been our outstanding shortstops? It's just not a position, you know, even though in the long storied history of the ball club, we've had some you know, amazing shortstops. Uh, you know, many would argue the best defensive shortstop in the history of the game and the wizard. 
We had him for more than a decade. Um, you know, we, I mean, we just have had many, many throughout the Cardinals. I'm not going to go back into the 30s and 40s and 50s, but just trust me, and I, I know you do, and you you know this too because you're, <laughs> you're a student of the history of the team. We've always had good shortstops. The last couple decades, we really haven't had a guy that, you know, was, I mean, like DeYoung had a couple good seasons. You know, uh, we had, uh, uh, what was the guy's name, that happy flight guy? Raphael Furcal had a couple of years where, you know, he was serviceable yeah. and... But he was. I, would say, I was looking back at our our winning years, oh six and eleven. It was uh, for Call and of course Eckstein. Yeah, uh, won MVP that yeah. year. Yeah, uh, upper in the deck postseason. Deck. But I mean, like, yeah. Otherwise, it's like we've had we had Johnny Peralta for a little bit. We had oh yeah, I forgot Pete Cosma, about Johnny. Diaz played there for a little bit. Oh yeah, he was supposed to be the second coming, Aledmus Diaz. He was he was he was he was slotted in for the Hall of Fame. <laughs> but yeah, we uh, we've never really had that guy yeah. at shortstop, you know, for my fandom growing up. And one of the guys, this is a, a little transition I'm going to make right now because as much as uh, I know I, I know you're on board with this, I think you agree with me pretty much a hundred percent on this. Maybe there's some nuance there, but. As much as you and I believe that, you know, the kind of the lifeblood of the club is our youth and what we've got coming and it's the only way to make the numbers work. I just saw uh, reading about the new signing. I just saw that I think right now uh, before the terms of this deal are released, we're sitting at about one hundred and eighty two million for twenty twenty four payroll, which is good. I mean. You know, thank you, Mr. DeWitt, for spending 182 million. Now, I'm not foolish enough to think that you're not going to bring in uh, probably quite a bit more than that 182 million this year. But you know, you are sending out a lot of it to maintain your club, which is, I think, your responsibility. And I applaud you for doing it. You know, fairly what appears to be fairly well didn't didn't appear that way. Uh, at the end of the most recent season. So, but what we did do today was get not necessarily a Hall of Famer, but, you know, a, a guy that had a decade run in the NL, uh, really about a dozen year run in the NL, where he was a top five shortstop that whole time, I would argue. Uh, you know, for a couple of those years, I think you could say he was the best shortstop in the league, right? I mean, am I am I forgetting some first ballot Hall of Famer that I shouldn't be forgetting? I don't think so in the National League. Yeah. Um, and that's Brandon Crawford, who uh, it was reported early afternoon today that the Cardinals have agreed to a deal pending a physical. Uh, for a guy who finished fourth in the MVP balloting in 2021, so three seasons ago, uh, and was a nemesis of ours, 
in a couple of NLCSs and just just you know along the way. Yep. And I bet if you asked a guy like Nato, uh, he would tell you that he was a son of a gun to play against for the last twelve years. <laughs> right. Um, <clears throat> now the wheels have fallen off the Brandon Crawford offensive wagon um, the last two years. Don't know why. Uh, lots. What I read was a lot of little injuries. So he'd do 10 days on the IL here and he'd, you know, miss two or three games uh, there, you know, maybe not, maybe not play a weekend in Pittsburgh or something, you know, whatever. Um, but he would constantly try to get back. And there was a little speculation that, you know, it's his left knee. Then I think it might've been his right knee. Maybe, you know, whenever the lower body, you hit your mid thirties and your lower body starts to go, it's tough. Yeah. It's very difficult. Uh, but the guy's still, you know, uh, serviceable with the glove. Um, not, I mean, he's, he won four gold gloves. So it's not like he's not, um, you know, not accomplished, wasn't very accomplished. I mean, he's, he just drive me crazy. And, uh, but I always liked <laughs> yeah. him too. I always, I always, there was something about him. He's got that grit. He's got that, you know, he just kind of has that approach that I kind of loved, except the fact that he was he's a blue collar ball player. Yeah. Hell of a career. Doesn't need to keep doing this. I forget who they were talking about. Oh, they were talking about, uh, Elvis Andrews today and talking about how he can't find a job. And they're like, well, what, what is, what is his career earnings? $137 million. So obviously Elvis doesn't need to work. And I'm pretty sure Brandon Crawford didn't make 137 million in his career, but I bet he made every bit of a hundred or very close you're right. You're right on it. One oh, just under one oh three. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> blind, That's before this upcoming blind year. squirrel. Yeah. So even yeah. if he plays this year for a couple million bucks, who cares? I mean, from a financial perspective, he doesn't care about money. That's not his issue. I mean, he probably cares about it more than he than he should. Hopefully, he hire. You know, he he spends a little bit of it on the right professionals, so he doesn't have to ever think about it. Um, but the, uh, the point is, is that, you know, you got a guy that is three years removed from being number four in the NL MVP voting, uh, who's got a, you know, uh, demonstrable outstanding, you know, not hall of fame, but maybe the hall of very good. I'd have to look at some of his counting stats to see, but just a solid ball player, and he's joining the Cardinals. He didn't have to do that. Now, I do believe that he gave the Giants every opportunity to bring him back. And when they finally said, no, we're going to make the – we're going to make – they've got a, a young prospect that they're giving a uh, shortstop to. And I don't know if it's – you know, that's hard. When you when you're, when your stars age out, and he's like – like they were saying, he's the last of the Giants left from the glory years, you know, 10, 12, 14. Right. But here's how this is going to work. And I think I'm hoping everybody is on board with this. I think everybody will be. 
there will be a little bit of temptation if Crawford, you know, is swinging a nice bat, which there's not necessarily any real indication that's going to happen consistently. But, uh, you know, the, the once a week or once every 10 games that Mason win can't play shortstop or, you know, just in the modern era of baseball where rest is valued, um, you know, he's got to take a day off. Now you're not forced to either move Tommy in from center, assuming his health, uh, or move Donnie over from second or whatever um, in order to be able to field a shortstop or to run like a, a Jose Fermin out there who just hasn't demonstrated the ability to really hit major league pitching, right? And so, you know, it's 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 possible that Crawford could be so god-awful that – you know, a month in, we're just like, yeah, nice try. It just didn't work out. Uh, but I don't expect that. I think he's got pride. I think he's got the pedigree. And, you know, the 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 kind of the new team bump is due, right? I mean, he, he's going to come in. He's got guys that he's known for years like Goldie and Nato. And who knows, him and Contreras might have had beef in the past. Who didn't Wilson have beef with at some point? And so, you know, chance to to chuckle about that kind of stuff. I mean, what do you think? I'm pretty psyched. Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's a great move. I I was reading a piece uh, literally just yesterday, the day before, talking about you know the idea of looking into backup shortstops for the team, and um, there's been some chatter about that. You know, after Tommy isn't quite all the way back and everything yet and you know what's the potential if mason Wynn doesn't hit right out of the gate and what are we gonna do and so there was uh, some pieces out about that and so i was reading and they gave some options of who we could look at you know tim anderson had just signed uh, and so there were some other names that they were floating around and as options and everything and you know elvis andrews you mentioned uh, as one of them that was one of the names but the one that really stuck out to me was brandon crawford and one of the things that i was thinking about was um, you know, this, this idea of bringing in veteran leadership, uh, especially for this kind of a role, that's going to be a backup role. Anyway, it's a bench first player, um, <clears throat> a second choice, almost, you know, you're, you're going to shoot with, with Mason win right off the gate or right out of the gate. Um, and you're only going to give this backup person time if Mason struggles or, if he gets hurt or something like that. So you need a capable person, but you're not going to need somebody or want somebody that's looking for everyday run essentially. So like a Tim Anderson, I know we had talked about that on a previous episode and everything, but the more I thought about it, I was like, okay, well he's probably wanting to play every day uh, if possible. So and if you look at his deal with the Marlins, it looks like it's exactly that. Yeah. And so, yeah, if you, you you think about what the player is looking for, he's not going to want to come to the Cardinals. Uh, so a guy like Brandon Crawford at the end of his uh, end of his career uh, would be a very good veteran presence, but not only a veteran presence, a guy who's been there, done that one championships, uh, multiple championships with the Giants, knows how to do it 
uh, you know, and can be that presence along with our other veterans, but also when he needs to to play, um, can do so capably, even if he's not phenomenal. Uh, you know, you're not you're not going to get that out of a, a backup shortstop. Um, so I I love it. I think it's great. I know there's, you know, all the. Uh, internet chatter and, you know, razzing of the Cardinals of, um, you know, now we're the retirement home of the MLB and we have such old guys that we've been signing and everything like that. But I think this is one of those overrated or over-talked about points during the offseason that happens, especially once you get into spring training and team starts to take shape. And um, there's almost like the over-hype or under hype of teams based off of their offseason signings. And you look at, oh, this team did this, this, and this. Therefore, they're going to be incredible. And it's like, yeah, but what else is already on their team? And how do they look as a team? And on the other side of it, okay, we signed this, this, and this, but we already have all these other pieces in place. So, like, yeah, we signed Lynn Gibson, Matt Carpenter and Brandon Crawford. And so it looks like, oh, we just grabbed the oldest guys that were available and called it a day just because we're cheap and we don't want to pay for somebody. But that's not actually the reality. The reality is that we have a lot of players that are starters for the club that are very, very young in Mason Wynn, Jordan Walker, Nolan Gorman, Brendan Donovan, Lars Newbar, Alec Burleson. All of those guys are young. And you need to have veterans on the team around that. So, like, of course, the guys that we're going to sign are going to be veterans. Uh, and in this backup shortstop role as well, I would much prefer to have a Brandon Crawford who might be, um, you know, half of the physical player that he used to be, uh, just to put a number on it, um, but could be capable, but also has that veteran leadership versus a guy who – you know, what's your other option to get a guy who is like a, a rookie or a journeyman uh, minor leaguer? Like, I mean, what are the actual options for a backup shortstop? I think this is perfect. I think this is great. Uh, and there's a lot of upside. I thought the way that you talked about that, too, with his injuries um, over the previous seasons and everything, too, and just kind of accumulating. I don't know if if you were kind of mentioning was if he was trying to get back too soon from these injuries, because he was perennially a 145 game per year player. And so I don't know if he was, you know, trying to get back to that because he feels like that's the player that he is. Uh, But maybe physically he just can't be that anymore. So maybe this role, you know, is going to be perfect for him to not have the pressure to do that. Uh, So when he does play, you know, he can play and be healthy and perform, even if it isn't quite at his peak. Well, and one thing I want to I want to add to that, and I think it's a great point by you, is that the injury and coming back from injury is a different proposition, you know, at 36 than it is at 26 yeah. or 24 or whatever. The other thing is that when, if you think about who and what Brandon Crawford represented for the Giants franchise, like we said a minute ago, he's he's the last of the stars from the glory years. 
even in 22, which was a little bit of a drop-off for him, he was still on a team that won, what they win, 106 games or some crazy number that year? Uh, that would have been, yeah, 21. Was, okay, so 21, he had a great season. He was, you know, it, it, yeah, fourth in the it might have been their last hurrah as, you know, as an organization, and he was the leader, and he maybe ran out of gas a little bit the next year, and then the injuries started piling up. But I don't think you can overstate the kind of pressure and responsibility. You know, a true star, like... We recognize him as a star, but we have no expectation of him at 37. You know, we'll take whatever we get. We're going to be happy. This has happened probably 20 times in the last 30, 40 years. Every year or two, we pick up a guy who's at the – we had Will Clark at the end. I mean, we had guys – that we hated, that would come to the Cardinals at the end of their careers, that were, you know, they they had, uh, you know, they had pedigree, they had the history, they were stars. I mean, Will Clark, Hall of Famer, uh, uh, what's his name, Carrera, uh, Pete Guerrero, and he was he was a like everyday player for about four or five years for us, but. You know, a, a Delgado, a, a Berkman, you know, who had, what, two, three solid yeah. years for us. Larry Walker. I mean, there's just so many of them. Reggie Sanders. You know, I could just go on and on and on. Yeah. And all in, in, in more than half of those cases, we were delighted as a fan base. It's one of the it's one of the reasons our reputation got to be so high among ball players about how much respect they had for the Cardinal fans because we're respectful of I mean I was at Miggy's last game in in Bush uh, I think we were there together maybe but I was there and he uh the fans could not have been nicer to him. And, I mean, you talk about a shell of his former self. He That guy drugged himself through his last couple of years. Um, you know, hit some nice counting stats along the way. And God bless him. I mean, hell of a ball player for a long time. But we did – we've done this repeatedly. And, you know, in every case, the, there was a need. You know, the Cardinals had a need and were like – we know we're not going to get Larry Walker at the peak of his powers, at his height of as a ball player. But we're going to get whatever he gives us, and we know it's going to be professional. And, you know, that muscle memory that comes with that kind of success, I'll never forget Berkman by the end. He couldn't run. He, you know, I mean, but he could, his, his, he could hit. He could always hit. He was a hitter. That's what he did. He was a pro. That's what he and did. I think, yeah. And I think that's exactly what Crawford is, too. Yeah. Is he going to, you know, is he going to make the sprint and lay out and get the ball over the top of second base, you know, twice a week? No. Right. No. I <laughs> right. mean, but if that's what we want, we could have kept Colton Wong. You know, it's, it's, you got to have the whole package. 
But even if he had nothing left, even if he if he sucked from the minute he got here, I would still be happy as a Cardinal fan to know that for a minute, Brandon Crawford was on our team. Because here's the other thing, Duncan. He had to pick us, right? He, yeah. I mean, he, yeah. you know, he's no dummy. He's been around. He battled against our teams, right? And so he knows who he's up against. And he knows, or he knows what he's coming to is a probably a better way of saying that. And so... You know, and he knows you. You know, you gotta believe that. I mean, between him, Goldie, and Nato, how many times did they sit in the All Star Game clubhouse together? Four or five right, times, exactly. probably. You know, which is yeah. I mean, Crawford was a three time All Star. Yeah, he was only a three. That's. I mean, how do you win four? How do you I win know, four right? gold gloves and you're only an All Star three times? That's. That makes no sense. <laughs> Great and you're question. on three wor- two World Series winners. I mean, don't even get me started. But anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the move for it's it's almost perfect. And you're right, Tim Anderson would have been a stretch, and it would have been really tempting, and it would have been hard for him to not. You know, I mean, Mason Wynn is the future Cardinal shortstop, and there's. There's no two ways about it until we get other evidence that says that's not going to be the case. And Brandon Crawford might be the best thing that ever happened to Mason Wynn in his life starting tomorrow, right? And I'm I'm here for that all day, every day. Um, it never hurts my yeah, heart I'm to, have to, us, to have us welcome in an all-timer, you know, or a – you 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 know what I'm saying? A vet who because you don't get to 37 oh, yeah. unless you're really damn good. That's all I'm gonna say. It's very true. Very very true. Yeah, no, I'm excited to see them together. Uh, him and Mason win, and um, you know, in in spring training, taking ground balls with each other, and uh, you know the things that they'll discuss. I'm sure. Uh, before and after sessions and uh, before and after games in the um, in the video room, those you kind of things. The first the first series against the Padres, they're sitting around the clubhouse. Brandon, you know, goes over to Mason. Dude, let me talk to you for a couple minutes about a couple of these Padre batters. And this is what they're going to do. You know, I mean, yeah. it's just going to be. Or, hey. Our our first series against Ugh. the Dodgers in L.A. Very familiar with yes, that club. Is. Brandon Crawford's had a few run-ins with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was happy to see that happen today. Um, so far, no injury, right? No injuries in spring of any note. I mean, obviously, we all know about Tommy. Not not for us. But nothing nothing majors happened yet that I've heard. All right, why don't we why don't we go ahead and think about uh, wrapping this thing up for tonight? Uh, unless there were some other things that we didn't get a chance to mention that you wanted to talk about. No, I think that's good for this one. We got some other topics that we want to hit on on our next one. Uh, one of the big big things uh, out there right now the 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 wardrobe malfunction oh, of the MLB. We got to talk about that. Oh, so so look forward to that on the the next episode. Um, if anyone wants to retire early, want to you can just make a apparel company and 
you know, offer a contract to MLB. They they're looking for. I mean, how could a company ruin such a great name like Fanatics? That's just brutal. I mean, they should (laughs) have sold the rights to the name before they shit the bet on this new uh, uniform. But we'll talk about that in all its detail (laughs) next time. All right, Uh, Duncan. As always, it's a pleasure to speak with you about the St. Louis Cardinals. And we are very, very happy to be into live spring. Uh, Folks, as always, we welcome any comments, questions, or anything else you want to share with us. We are at uh, Broadway and Clark, I believe, on X. Broadway underscore Clark. Broadway underscore Clark. Thank you, you Duncan. I got you. Yep. We're going to get back to you as soon as we can, and we're going to have some more observations on what's happening with the 2024 Cardinal Spring Training as we get closer and closer to opening day. We're probably sweeping the Dodgers in L.A. that first weekend, right, Dunk? Oh, I think so. Why not? Yeah, that's what I'm figuring. We got so everyone, everyone be, starts at zeros. We can yeah, do it. I think we'll be I think we'll be three and zero when we play the Marlins here on the fourth. What is that? I, I think it's it. a I think it's a Tuesday. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, anyway, we'll talk more <laughs> about as we get closer. Everybody have a great night. Thanks again, Duncan. I will talk to you soon. All right, see ya.